Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 545. Chapter 82. Barbarians. The next day, Tempe and I moved camp while Dayton and Hespi walked back to Crossan for supplies. Martin scouted out an isolated piece of flat ground close to water. Then we packed and moved everything, dug the privy, built the fire pit, and generally got everything settled. Tempe was willing to talk as we worked, but I was nervous. I had offended him by asking about the Lithani earlier on, so I knew to avoid that subject. But if he was upset by a simple question about singing, how could I begin to guess what might offend him? Again, his blank expression and refusal to make eye contact were the main problems. How could I make intelligent conversation with a person when I had no idea how he felt? It was like trying to walk blindfolded through an unfamiliar house. So I took the safer road and simply asked for more words as we worked. Objects, for the most part, as we were both too busy with our hands to pantomime. Best of all, Tempe got to practice his aturin while I built up my ademic vocabulary. I noticed the more mistakes I made in his language, the more comfortable he grew in his own attempts at expressing himself. This meant, of course, that I made many mistakes. In fact, I was occasionally so thick-headed that Tempe was forced to explain himself several times in several different ways. All in a Turin, of course. We finished setting up camp around noon. Martin left to go hunting, and Tempe stretched and began to move through his slow dance. He did it twice in a row, and I began to suspect he was somewhat bored himself. By the time he finished, he was covered in a sheen of sweat and told me he was going to bathe. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Quoth is doing something, if we want to see this in the best light, he's doing something clever, right? He is pretending to be worse at picking up Ademic than he is in order to build up Tempe's confidence in Aturin by like kind of making Tempe use his Aturin more to explain things to himself. A less charitable read might point out that that is a somewhat manipulative thing to do. Also, though... Why can't Quoth just not be smart? Like, why does he have to be, oh, so good at a Torin that he has to try to make mistakes? Why can't he just make mistakes? Well, because we already know that now that he understands that Edemic is a language that has kind of a musical component to it, he's picking it up very quickly. That's already been established. I know. I just, he's such a smarty pants. I don't think that he's making mistakes on purpose. I think that the more they converse, the more confident Tempe gets because he's seeing that Quoth is also having trouble with Ademic. No, I think that the paragraph where he says, this meant, of course, that I made many mistakes. In fact, I was occasionally so thick-headed that Tempe is forced to explain himself. Oh, yes. Okay, no, I see what you mean. That's a fair point. Maybe he is he is uh, he is perhaps laying it on a bit thick. He's not manipulating with malicious intent. He's manipulating to like build up Tempe's confidence and make him good. 
you know, make make him feel better about his own skill with a Turin. I think that like the least charitable reading you could give is that he's doing this in order to make it easier for himself to learn a Turin by building Tempe's confidence up with, sorry, to make it easier for Quoth to learn a Demic, he is building up Tempe's confidence with a Turin. And I don't think that he's being quite that calculated and cynical. I think he is just trying to like boost Tempe's confidence a bit. Yeah, I don't think it's cynical. I mean, he's also like, he's he is perhaps excited to learn um, and have Tempe, like have Tempe explain this stuff to him. Yes, but I don't think I agree. selfish. I think that he's enjoying bonding with Tempe. Yes, I also agree. I think the other thing that is kind of a, a character beat for Quoth is that for him, the safer road, like he's, he's worried that he's offended Tempe and that he's put his foot in it by asking about the Lathani and then by asking to, to hear an Adam song. Uh, and he, he knows that he like made Tempe uncomfortable. Uh, and for him, the, the safest way to continue to have a relationship with Tempe is to like pull back and talk about things that are safe. I think that a route that he, he either does not think of or chooses not to pursue is that he could be direct and uh, like ask Tempe, like, I'm sorry. I feel like I upset you. Are you feeling upset? Is there something I, you know, he could like, they could talk about their feelings. And I mean, I think, I think the reason that he doesn't do that is because like, they're just not that close yet. You know, like if one of my coworkers was like, obviously upset at work, like I maybe wouldn't like corner them in, you know, in the hallway and ask them like, what was wrong? Because we're not that close. You know what I mean? I, I agree that Quoth does not entertain that option as much as he should. Like he doesn't even really talk about it. Like sometimes Quoth like talks about an option, even if he doesn't Mm -hmm. do it. In this case, he doesn't even talk about it. So the fact that he does not bring it up kind of says that it doesn't occur to him to like just be direct, uh, which I think that speaks to Quoth's character a little bit that like that might be an obvious solution to somebody like Sim, right? Sim might just ask like, hey, what's wrong? Uh, But Quoth doesn't work that way. Yes. Then we are in accord for perhaps the first time ever. I mean, we say that. We've definitely been in accord before. Yeah, we were in accord a few pages ago. I actually think we agree on like a lot of stuff, but it's just more exciting when we don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we well, we blow up our disagreements, which are ultimately minor, into world-shattering catastrophes over which we must swear blood oaths and eternal vengeance. Uh... That's true. I have never forgiven you for blocking me off uh, with a road in Catan that way. It's time. true. That was like a decade ago, and uh, your vengeance is Eternal. unending. And you know what? I respect it. Didn't we just talk about how <laughs> vengeance is bad? Yeah, if you want to hear more about our thoughts on vengeance, you have to listen to our February Patreon episode by donating at least $1 a month to our Patreon. Are there any other notes we want to cover on this page? I am good. Bye-bye. This is from our dear reader, Bill, who writes on Uznea. Hello, readers. I'm writing in to reply to the letter read from The Devil and Daniel in episode 516 regarding the Chandrian named Uznea who, quote, lives in nothing but decay, end quote. In it, Daniel's devil wonders what the connection to Lycan may be, as Uznea is also the name of a genus of Lycan. I have one straightforward take and one cracked pot. The straightforward read is that Lycan notably breaks down rock slowly, so the tie to decay there seems pretty clear. Interestingly, Lycan does not break down plant matter. 
Diving down one crack into the pot, lichen are actually a symbiotic relationship between fungi and algae. The fungi, <laughs> the fungi, break down rock or leach nitrogen from the air, and the algae feed off of it. One can't live without the other. Hmm? Chandrian and Amir? One crack further, and we note that lichen are often the pioneering organic matter in otherwise inhospitable environments, paving the way for future life to thrive. Maybe the Chandrian are the good guys, as Nick is so fond of proposing. Uh, they are. Finally, at the furthest depths of this particular pot, lichen in the genus Usnea contain usnic acid, which is known as an antibacterial and antifungal. Usnea lichens are used in herbal medicine to treat surface wounds as well as other infections. Could it be that the Chandrian are actually the solve that Temeranth needs? Uh, yes. The Devil and Daniel also draws comparison between Devi and the Chandrian Usnea, but I don't know if I'm ready to walk that path. For now, I'm satisfied with the lichen equals breaking down rocks equals decay read. And if there's ever any more to it than that, I'm happy to be surprised. Thanks again for everything you do to make this podcast happen. All that's good. Signed, Bill. I feel like it is perhaps the most likely that uh, Rothfuss Googled uh, Latin words for decay and stumbled upon uh, usnea or usnic acid as being related to decay in some way. But I am also a big fan of any cracked pot that uh, calls to mind the idea that the Chandrian are actually the good guys because they are, and that there's some kind of symbiotic relationship between them and the uh, Amir, a sort of symbiotic circle. You and the Amir form a symbiont circle. What happens to one of you will affect the other. You must see this. Uh, well, now I won't ever be able to hear uh, the voice of um, of Haliax except in the voice of Brian Blessed as Boss Nass. So thanks for that. <laughs> I really like this crackpot. Like, I, I deeply want this crackpot to be a true thing, but... I also am skeptical as to whether or not there would have been like that much effort put into this small detail. Look, you know me, I'm, I'm Mr. Skeptic. I'm Mr. There are no pots. There is no shelf uh, and therefore no cracks, but uh, like that kind of attention to linguistic detail is the kind of thing that Rothfuss would do. But I do think, I think that I'm on Nick's side here and that it's probably just like a, a way to make a word sound kind of familiar and have some connotations to, to us in the the romance language world. Then we are in accord once again. A third time. And the... If we're in accord a third time, then the conjunction will begin. So be careful. This podcast loves to conjunct. Is the conjunction bad? Well, it's when all the all the planets come into alignment and we open a portal to another realm or something. And then we have, a, we have to close the portal fight. Like at the end of Avengers... Yeah, there's like a big blue beam shooting up into the sky that opens a rift into a whoozy what's it. And uh, listeners, we will shoot a beam and open up your whoozy what's it on tomorrow's page. <laughs> Ooh, at least buy me dinner first. <laughs> <laughs> Away!